，享受工作，乐生活。就算不在办公室，也能从容应对线上会议。HP Dragonfly 透过专业的 HP Presence 设计，内建降噪及会议快速键，搭配清晰的 Ben and Olufsen 音效，增强音讯及视讯功能。HP Dragonfly 顶级商务笔电，采用 Windows 11专业版。让您在会议中享有最佳的视觉和听觉品质。Reports of Taiwanese people falling for human trafficking scams in Cambodia have recently captured headlines in Taiwan, but that is not the only source of tensions between the two countries in recent days. Up to 20 Taiwanese buyers have been affected by real estate investment disputes in the Southeast Asian country. The buyers had purchased 30 units of a luxury development in Cambodia's capital. Giving millions to the land developer, the building complex was scheduled to be finished in 2023. But as of August, the construction site remains empty. Back in 2016, Cambodia's royal group announced a landmark twin building project in Phnom Penh called the Royal One. Aimed at one is the one that nobody. Can compete with this building that we own. The project comprised two high-rises, 62 floors tall, offering 533 units. It was said to be the tallest building in the capital, affording stunning views over the Mekong River. Many Taiwanese firms invested in the project, which ended up coming to nothing. Royal Group has been dubbed Cambodia's richest conglomerate, but notoriety brings scrutiny. I think it was because of political reasons. But in late 2019, a raid was conducted at a nightclub related to the group. They found a huge amount of drugs. So the conglomerate was investigated, and more than 300 people were arrested. With the upper ranks all taken away, the group had its days counted. A Taiwanese businessperson in Cambodia says Royal Group fell from grace after it was exposed by the government. Back in 2016, the group's vice chairman Kit Tieng had traveled to Taiwan to sign a sales contract with a local real estate agency. The project's groundbreaking ceremony was held in 2019, with completion scheduled for 2023. But as of August 18th this year, the construction site remains empty. Reports say about 20 Taiwanese buyers have been affected. They had purchased a total of 30 units to the tune of about 7.5 million NT per unit. They had paid down payments, contract fees, and about 31% of the total cost of the units to the developer. But now that the project is delayed, the Cambodian developers and Taiwanese sales agents are engaging in a complicated transnational legal battle. If the Taiwan agent has already engaged in the deal and shared profits, it could be considered an accomplice in the case and could have to bear criminal responsibility in accordance with the Banking Act of the Republic of China. And property disputes are not the only source of tensions between Cambodia and Taiwan, according to Minister of the Interior Xu Guoyong. About 370 Taiwanese are stuck in Cambodia after falling victim to human trafficking scams. Amid suggestions that Taiwan's government should pay ransoms to rescue the victims, Xu says that doing so would just be a temporary solution that wouldn't actually solve the problem. 
Our nation's position and our government's position on the matter is just like that of any other country in the world. We will not pay ransoms. We cannot negotiate with criminals like that. Otherwise, these kinds of cases will never stop arising. The minister said Taiwan would not negotiate with criminals, saying that money would not solve the problem. He added that Taiwan would continue cooperating with other countries to find solutions. The real estate dispute is just another layer of complexity to an already complicated situation. A tropical depression east of the Philippines has strengthened into a tropical storm. Though the storm is not projected to hit Taiwan, its periphery will bring rainy weather to southern and eastern Taiwan until Wednesday. The storm, called Ma'an, is expected to move eastward, skirting the north coast of Luzon Island in the Philippines. The Central Weather Bureau says it is unlikely to issue a sea warning in Taiwan. Forecasters say that another tropical storm, which also formed on Monday to the southeast of Japan, will have no direct impact on Taiwan. Tropical storm Tokage is 3,000 kilometers away and expected to veer north before reaching Japan. A Taizong Junior High School has won the 2022 Junior League Baseball World Series held over the past weekend in the U.S. It's the third time that Zhongshan Junior High School took home the win at the championship. The school's principal says he's moved by the persistence and the unity of the team which had to train throughout the pandemic. In the final inning, Zhongshan pitcher Feng Xiaoqi had a perfect strikeout, winning his team the championship. The Taiwanese players rush onto the ball field in a flurry of excitement. They grab their head coach and throw him up into the air over and over before doing a victory lap around the field. The 2022 Junior League Baseball World Series Championship match was held in Michigan on Sunday. Taichung's Zhongshan Junior High School beat the Oil Belt Junior League team from Texas to take home the win. Our coach has great tactics and our kids can stay in the fight. I'm really touched, really touched. The school principal attributed the team's win to the players' persistence in teamwork, as well as good defensive tactics that brought them a smooth victory. Over the past two years, the team has practiced relentlessly despite the pandemic. At the weekend's championship match, the team was cheered on by Taiwanese living in the U.S., some of whom came from other parts of the country to watch the young players and show them support. There were even Taiwanese who flew in from Chicago just to show our players support. The Zhongshan team previously won the Junior World Championships two years in a row in 2014 and 2015. Now the team has its third win under its belt, once again bringing Taiwan into the international limelight. A revival could be around the corner at Taipei's East District. Once a shopping mecca, the shopping area has lost much foot traffic in recent years, causing rent to plummet to as low as 5,000 NT to 8,000 per ping. But it seems that hope is on the horizon as a drink shop recently announced it had rented a commercial space on Zhongshao East Road for 11,200 NT per ping. The glory days of the area came to the end with a drop in tourist numbers, the migration of businesses to Xinyi District, and the rise of online shopping. Now that COVID is easing, shops are returning to the area and renovation work can be seen all over the place as optimistic businesses set up their new storefronts. 
That's a huge contrast from the empty streets and vacant spaces of the past few months. Siwao Fishermen's Association has launched a mid-autumn seafood meal set that you can enjoy at home, featuring six types of Taiwanese seafood. Besides the ever-popular squid, shrimp and tuna, this year's meal sets also feature grouper and beltfish, which China has an import ban on. The association says it hopes the dishes can allow the Taiwanese public to get a taste of Taiwan's fresh seafood while supporting local industry. Tuna belly is sliced, showing off the lustrous meat inside. It goes in the pan with a little oil until it starts to sizzle. The chunks become golden brown and a delicious scent fills the air. The fish is tender with a delicate flavor. And it's not the only mouth-watering aroma here. Fresh saw-tip squid are tossed about in a pan until golden. Then the aromatics go in. Spring onions, garlic, chili and ginger. It's a tasty and eye-catching assortment. But if we're talking about appetizing foods, how about this beltfish roulade? It's so fresh and delicate. These treasures from the sea can all be tasted in a mid-autumn festival meal packet launched by the Fishermen's Association at Yilan Suwao Township. It contains six different types of seafood, including saw-tip squid, white lake shrimp, and beltfish. This year, the limited edition meals also feature bluefin tuna and a hybrid grouper. Only 1,500 sets are available for pre-order. This year's mid-autumn festival meal packets are all made with Taiwanese seafood, including grouper, beltfish, and sword-tip squid. The fish featured are different from before. China's sudden import ban on several Taiwanese fish products prompted a Suao Fishermen's Association to team up with aquaculturists in southern Taiwan to create these meal sets showcasing Taiwan's marine delicacies. They hope the meals will sell well ahead of the mid-autumn festival. They've helped us promote our products in the south before, so now the fish industries of the north and south are teaming up. We hope to sell our Taiwanese fish products in the local market so that Taiwanese can taste the freshest catch we have. The Mid-Autumn Festival is just around the corner. If you're looking for a change of pace from the usual barbecues, why not try a taste of the sea? These marine delicacies are sure to be a hit. The Ministry of National Defense has announced plans to relax physical requirements for new conscripts. Currently, men are exempt from service if they are under 158 centimeters tall or have a body mass index below 16.5 or above 31.5. Moving forward, the minimum height requirement for service could be lowered to 154 centimeters and the BMI widened to a range of 15 to 35. A DPP lawmaker says the laxer requirements will allow a higher number of conscripts to serve. Let's hear from him. On the front of quantity, we have career soldiers, that is to say, people who enlist in the military. Then we also have the military training and substitute military training. It's very important to have enough people. Relaxing the criteria for conscription would allow more people to serve our country. 
In Singapore, conscripts do nine weeks of basic training. If their BMI is above a certain threshold, they may have to do 19 weeks of recruit training so that their BMI meets a certain threshold. That makes it so that people can train their physique before conscription so that their BMI can be within the standard threshold. If they pass the exam, they can save themselves eight weeks of training. So that becomes a good motivation. An expert says Taiwan can consider implementing a model like Singapore's, which encourages conscripts to get in shape before training. Amid rising cross-strait tensions, the Ministry of National Defense is looking for ways to strengthen Taiwan's military strength. Camping is the latest global trend to take Taiwan by storm. Since COVID hit, spending a vacation under the starry sky is more attractive than ever. But for lots of people, managing the logistics is a real challenge. Should you go with a tent? What about an awning to attach to your vehicle? Some people invest in camper vans or even fully-fledged caravans. We take a look at the options. Pull up on the grass under the shade of a tree. Let the ladder down and set up the awning and in no time at all your new home is ready. With this camper van, you can escape the city and cool off in the mountains. It takes less than two minutes to set up a camper van awning like this one. There are sleeping bags and an electric fan in the van. The tent above the van is for sleeping in. For your kitchen and living room, look no further than the boot of the van. Table and chairs, a cooking stove, it's all here. Camping has really taken off in Taiwan in the last two years, and businesses are catching up. The pandemic is easing and it's summer. In Taiwan it is usually very cool if you head up to high altitudes in the evening. So because of that, camping is getting very popular. Our profits have risen accordingly by about 10 to 20 percent. My friend has started it recently. They also just got into it. A camper van awning is better. It's faster and more convenient. A tent is the classic camping kit, but caravans and camper vans are all the rage now. One popular choice is a caravan or trailer imported from abroad. They have full bathroom facilities inside. It's like a tiny hotel on wheels. One of these can cost 3 million NT. Other people take a van and remodel it into a camper van. But refitting the vehicle will set you back 1 million NT at least. Then there are awnings. They can be fitted to any kind of vehicle. And with all the accessories included, you won't spend more than 100,000 NT. That's the most economical option. It doesn't take a lot to get into it. You only need to spend 100,000 NT or 150,000 NT. The other thing is it doesn't matter much what your car is. Almost 80% of the vehicles in Taiwan are suitable. In the north you could go to Jinshan or Sansha districts. If you're going further south you can think about Jensha or Wufeng townships in Shinju or Taiyan township in Miaoli. As camping continues to gain popularity, the market for camping gear is booming. If you'd like to get into camping on a budget, starting with a car and a tent is the first choice. A new film series highlights Taiwan's high-tech contributions to the world. 
the videos aim to educate children and adults on the scientific and technological advances in Taiwan. Whether you're interested in climate change, space travel, or healthcare, the Smart Heart Taiwan series will help you brush up your tech knowledge. It will show in theaters across the country from late September. At rush hour, every journey on a bike, car, or bus is made possible by technology. Humans have developed all kinds of technological innovations. Now, the National Science and Technology Council has made these films to highlight Taiwanese science in relation to the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. They aim to inspire more young innovators across the country. We made a series of films on popular science-related things, including about transportation and disaster prevention. Our premiere today was the first three films, so we hope they will inspire students and encourage them to go into scientific industries. The humble silicon chip is a vital component in tech for everything from extreme climate emergencies to the pandemic, wars, transport, and space exploration. Technology is changing our daily lives, but it's also a big part of international political rivalry. The Smart Heart Taiwan series focuses on six themes: aerospace, disaster prevention, finance, healthcare, transport, and sustainability. The films bring high-tech topics to life in an accessible way for all audiences, inspiring children and adults alike with the achievements of Taiwan scientists. The experts helped us to find simple language with supports like animated special effects, so the new generation can understand better the technical prowess of Taiwan in the world, which we can be immensely proud of. We will broadcast the film across Taiwan and abroad to make Taiwan more visible globally. Technology advances almost too fast to keep up. Whether you're interested in climate change or lifestyle changes, with these films you can easily catch up on all the latest scientific advances in Taiwan. The Ministry of Education has announced new laxer COVID rules for the upcoming school year, which is just around the corner. For the first two weeks of the new term, class will be called off if just one student or teacher tests positive for the disease. But that will change starting September 12th. From then on, students who test positive will have to do home quarantine for seven days, after which they can return to school. The students, teachers, and classmates will be able to continue on with classes normal as long as they test negative on a rapid test. The new rules will apply to all schools at the high school level and below. Let's hear from the Minister of Education. Last school term, we delivered about 600,000 rapid tests to schools every week. But in this coming semester, we will administer about 800,000 rapid tests to all schools and preschools. That is 800,000 weekly tests. Schools will have inventory for 50% of students, up from the current 30%. The CECC on Monday raised the weekly limit on arrivals allowed into Taiwan up to 50,000 passengers. It's said the increase comes amid higher demand for entering Taiwan for the new school year, both from international and Taiwanese students. Officials say the decision was reached after a thorough assessment of Taiwan's COVID situation and medical resources. DPP lawmaker Zheng Yunpeng has taken over from Lin Zhijian as the party's candidate for Taoyuan mayor. He held a press conference on Monday to announce key members of his campaign as well as key policies 
of his platform. Zen and his team even had a little bit of fun with the event, kicking it off with a little skit. After a short skit simulating voting in the referendum to lower the country's voting age, DPP Taoyuan mayoral candidate Cheng Yunpeng announces his campaign team. DPP Deputy Secretary General Lin Feifan will serve as convener for Zheng's political platform, and DPP Legislator Huang Shijie will serve as Director General of his campaign office. Huang is a good friend of mine from the Legislative Yuan. Although he's newly established, he has a wealth of experience. We will cooperate in the same way we do in the Legislative Caucus, like twin engines. As for Lin, he's lived in Taoyuan for two years now. He works at the party headquarters in the day and then comes home to Taoyuan at night. This is the typical northern Taiwan lifestyle of commuting, so he's quite familiar with Taoyuan. Zheng is quick-witted, and he can come up with innovative solutions to the city's problems. He's a person who gets things done. Lots of investment is coming into Taoyuan. Investment from returning overseas business people and international corporations is at an all-time high, so we need comprehensive policies. Especially important will be how to take care of young parents, young families. Aside from announcing campaign team members, Zheng on Monday also announced key policies of his platform. He vowed to build on the efforts of incumbent mayor Zheng Wenshan, focusing on youth employment and the labor shortage. Youth who find work through the city's job bank and are stably employed for half a year can receive an award of 25,000 NT. If you work in an industry with a labor shortage for a year, you can be awarded 30,000 NT. If you receive Class A and B professional certification, you can receive 9,000 and 21,000 NT for the certificates, respectively. So in total, you can be awarded up to 85,000 NT. Zheng said he is also planning a policy aimed at helping disadvantaged households get effective access to funding information, which will be provided proactively by job banks.